Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. Uh, we have Joe Yurden with us, and we're going to start with our pre-show. Uh, we're going to talk about some chicken wings there, Joe, because we saw <laughs> you tweet out. Now, I have never I've never gone to Elmo's Bar, so you're going to have to give me a level of – is that above the our secret our secret place that we go to? Just give the name out, Mike. <laughs> Gabriel's Gate. Okay, I'm. You know, it's not that. It ain't that secret. Not anymore. Thanks, Russ. You made me, you made me spill. But uh, how how is gonna get hounded for auto, for autographs? So I mean, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it superior to Duff's? Is it superior to uh, to uh, Gabriel's Gate, or is it around the same quality? Uh, I would put Elmo pretty high up there. I, it's it's pretty elite. Elite stuff, and they do the they do a double dip thing for for their wing sauces uh, that other places don't do. So that that alone puts it on a different level for me. Because if you're feeling, you know, because uh, what is it? I think it's like there's a handful of guys like Chris Baker. Those guys they love getting like I think it's like the the, the Cajun honey mustard double dip. And I'm not a big mustard guy. Yeah, so I mean, it hurt for me, but like a Cajun hot wing yeah that's uh that i used the that's picture that you showed i i was like they did i'm there because cajun and, and hot that's 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 good now i have to say and I'll, I'll give them credit because i've always been an aficionado of in terms of like the takeout wing not going someplace i've always liked lenova's barbecue wings they're the, they have mm -hmm. a lot of failings in other areas but their barbecue wings are fantastic yeah but, yeah the lenova that's right over here on like the west side the original lenova place Yes. Um, where it's like the, the barbecue char pit barbecue wing. Yes. That is that's a that's that's an all time that's an all time goodie. It doesn't get the credit because it's not you know it's not the medium or the hot or you know the buffalo sauce on it. Right. But like as far as a barbecue wing goes, man, that is that's really up there. So it's the same at Amherst Ale House as well. Yes. Uh their char pit barbecue. Crown Royal Crown Royal Char Pit Barbecue wing is out of this world and it's Good thing we're doing this at lunchtime because I'm going to be starving. I'm going to yeah, but the only problem, the only there problem, are we're... other cities than Buffalo, Mike, that we'd all like to. No, I was just going to say this, and then I know you you had yours, Russ. I was just going to say you have to take out a second mortgage to get a bucket of Lenovo barbecue wings. It's it's, it's yeah. like you know the the at Super Bowl time the sheet and fifty wings is like eighty bucks. I love them, but <laughs> I can't. I just can't afford it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. So. By me now, there's a, a new place called the Wing Kitchen, and um, the chef who made that place was on um, Chopped. He also is a teacher at like Camden County uh, College, and it's really good. What they're what the difference is for them is, I looked at I kind of peeked in the kitchen. They have the flash fryer fryers, so you know how like Buffalo likes some extra greasy. This mm -hmm. makes them a, a little bit drier, but they season them ahead of time and afterwards in the sauce, and so they're doing it all by hand. And you really can taste the difference. Like it's better than any place around here. And I would put them up against like a Duff's or somebody like that. I don't know if I'd put them up against Gabriel's Gate, but I might. 
because it's different and it's really good. Like the seasoning on it is perfect. How far in the chops did the chef go? <laughs> I know. I remember the guy. I want to say he got to the second round, lost in the second round. You got the crap beat out of him by Bobby Bobby Flay. Listen, it's um, tough. Like you go on chopped, and I feel like if you got out of the first round, you're a winner because just getting out of the first round, not knowing what's going to be there, where everything is, the timing, you're a winner in my book. Now, for me in Phil in Philadelphia, um, this place called uh, and this th this show actually appeared on uh, Guy Fieri's show, uh, Diver yeah, Divers. Divers. Uh, Memphis, uh, the Memphis Tap Room, uh, which is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where yeah. I work. Uh, their wings are just um, um, phenomenal, and they're not they're, they're, they're just right. They're not too hot, but they are just just right. And I think they use some sort of a beer sauce, a, a beer element to it as well. To soak in the soak in and brine the meat as well. It's at any time I'm over there, it's like an Allagash White and 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 the wings are first. That's what comes in. They're actually kind of known for when they were on the sh on that show on Fieri show. They're known for the beer batter beer battered pickle dills. So okay. dill pickles, which are good, but really their wings are, are are really what I think are the star of the show. You know, the one thing I forgot to mention too, and then I'll let Jan go. On like if you order the the wing box that you get from this place, they give you a homemade buttermilk fried, a buttermilk donut, and it's amazing. Oh wow! Yeah, Joe ain't gonna make it to the end of the show. At this Jan, I forgot to mention. I forgot to mention that. That's like the kicker, man. You get that. Neither Jan gotta make it. That's bad stuff. <laughs> Jan, do you have a favorite one? No, I mean, I'm my kids are much more wing people than I am. Not even Zorns. Um, you know, you just throw in Zorns. I mean, I can't eat it. I won't eat it Zorns. What do you mean you won't eat at Zorn's? What's the, you're, that's, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> really? I mean, uh, Jim, you know I believe a lot of people have broken their 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 ways to eat at Zorn's. I'm sure there have. I am not, however, one of those that fall into that bucket. So well, there, 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 there's another local place, and I don't, actually, I, I haven't been there in a few years, so I don't know whether they, they're still open. But it, it, it's a sort of like a corner bar type of place in Depew named Sal's. And they used to do their wings. They, they, like you were saying, uh, Anthony, they would, they would soak them in like a jalapeno pepper brine, and then they would bread them and deep fry them. And their just hot sauce was so hot that it would basically curl your nose hair. It was. Yeah, it's too hot for me. Yeah, the picture day that I didn't have anything to eat. eating at that point. That's stunning. Yeah. We had to pick the day I had, didn't have anything to eat all day to talk about the stuff that right now before we like. So, I'm sorry. Well, go get something yeah. to eat. Yeah. The, yeah. The, middle, the middle square. Joe's ready to get be eating on that camera anyway, so you might as well just join him. So. Listen, I'm sure <laughs> X got food squirreled away. No, everyone knows I have no problem eating on camera. But, you know, no, I mean, you probably got an emergency chocolate bar there down there somewhere. No. I'm sure you do. But, I don't but, but, them, but, no. there, Ross, I, don't. I actually don't. Normally we have there. – there is a – there's always like a – my family's funny. There's always a box of Oreos hidden somewhere in this house, but you don't know where it is. A, a good segue, Russ, because because we're going to talk also about the the NHL coming to an agreement with Nestle, having the Kit Kat bar as the official NHL bar. Okay, I'm sorry. The official candy bar in Canada has to be a coffee crisp. How no, dare you? No, I'll tell you what. I like the Kit Kat, and certainly in Canada, it's a little better because the chocolate's a little better because, you know, they use cane sugar. But the Aero Bar is superior to the Kit Kat, and I don't Min, know why. Min Kit Kats are awesome. The white Kit Kats are awesome. Have you, had an Aero, have you had an Aero Bar? 
Yes. Yeah. Mint I mean, are awesome. My my favorite candies, you know, the like European ones are better because the only time good. we ever have candy here is, is you know right after Halloween when the kids have been out doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's the only time, really? No, really, we don't. That's funny. We, wow. My, my wife, Same my wife, here. my Same wife comes from a family of dentists, so it's like they're really. Oh yeah, that's right. The go-to is the Thin Mints in the freezer with a glass oh, of milk. Oh yeah, oh. like I say, we have we do have Oreos here. Joe, I'm definitely I'm definitely impartial to Three Musketeers bars, and. And, and um, they're decent. And and Matt and Almond Joys. Almond Joys. The Almond Joy is weird. Halloween, rather, I'll only see them at Halloween. I'll eat it, but it's usually around Halloween. Joe, yeah, little Almond Joy things. I'm I'm not going to stop eating them until they're out. Oh, until they're over gone. the oh, over the last few months, Joe, since we can't get into Canada, uh, I've <laughs> yeah. had I've had to search out places uh, that carry coffee crisps in Buffalo, and there are very few, like Premier Gourmet and a couple a couple uh, uh, gas stations on, on Delaware Avenue do, but you cannot get a coffee crisp outside of Canada, and that kills me because that's my favorite. Oh, no. Stop by Wegmans. They've got them. They're, they're hidden away in Wegmans. Wegmans. Oh, okay. Nice. They, oh, they I, do I, like that here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a real love hate. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I do like about Canada. Here we have like the Mounds Bar, which I like, but dark chocolate's not necessarily my favorite. If you go and you you know you stop at duty free before you go into Canada or on the way back, they have bounties which are milk chocolate and yeah. the coconut. All oh, those are great, man. Yeah, and and by the way, just to, just to let you know, a Mars bar in Canada is called a Milky Way because in a, in yeah, a, yeah. a Mars bar does not have the almonds. It used to be a Mars bar in, in the U.S. and they had almonds, but the Mars bar in Canada is a Milky Way. That's all it is. They don't have Milky Ways in Canada. Right. There you go. I've um, never seen right. Milky Way in Canada. Anyway, let's um let's get going here at the show. Except <laughs> for candy talk, we keep eating. All right, let me get the date right, guys. All right, uh, Thursday, July thirtieth. That's correct. Yeah. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. And we'll I'll just, I'll just introduce Joe at the end. Yep. Hello, Hockey World. It is Thursday, July thirtieth, two thousand and twenty. I'm Michael Agello, and pass me the insulin. <laughs> I'm Jan Levine, and that questioning the year lets you know exactly just what the year has been like. <laughs> I'm Anthony Mangione, really having a desire for wings now. Thanks, guys. I know. <laughs> Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I could just walk around the corner and get them. I'm good. And I'm Eckley. You're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast. It comes every Monday through Friday. Um, during the playoffs, of course, we're always wearing a different jersey. And uh, today I'm going with the the new vintage Oilers, I mean Oilers, <laughs> Kings jersey, obviously, but it, it is my Gretzky jersey. So, ah, uh, see, but I got one of those. I know the reason I hated it. I'm just uh, actually, there's a backstory. So, like, before it was yeah. working, so when Gretzky got traded, obviously yeah. everybody knows about Cosby's in New York. That was right when they were changing the color sequencing from the yellow and gold to the black yeah. and the silver. Right. Yeah. In the window of Cosby's, right after the trade, they had a yellow and purple king's jersey that was awesome and i haven't seen it ever since but it was right before right when right before right after the trade before they announced the color scheme changed oh, they already had it in the window of cosby's that is so cool cosby's is such a great name too i remember that place yeah it was now it's off the beaten path people yeah. forget about it's it like on 31st street between 7th and 8th in manhattan it's not even right near the garden anymore no, it's not even close i think that's the one that advertised in the back of the hockey news yep. so, yeah yeah always yeah, yeah there was one up there was one up in, in uh, models did doesn't there are Cosby's up near Niagara too, like in that Buffalo area? I think there was one. There was a, there was it wasn't uh, it wasn't that no. there was a yeah. there was a Canadian distributor in the hockey news that 
but I can't remember the name. It, but yeah. it, was, it was based in Toronto. I used to go there. I mean, I liked the Kings New Jerseys. I thought they were cool when they first came out with Gretzky. But I was such a – when I was a kid, one of my actual first jersey I ever owned at all was a yellow was a yellow version of this, the yellow Kings jersey. And it was just a friend of my dad. My dad was in the Air Force, and he flew somebody who was related to somebody on the Kings. So I had like a Kings number 17 jersey. I have no idea whose it was. It didn't have a name. You have feeding. Uh, yeah, I had no idea who it was. It was like early on. No idea who it was. No nameplate or anything like that. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, so that was my when I played goalie as a kid, as a really little kid. That was the jersey I wore all the time. So I love. I love the. I think the Kings like that. I think the crown logo is phenomenal. Like just like there's no getting around that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Imperial Margarine had the same one. Yeah, there you go. So and I and I love when they I brought those back, commercials. By the way, don't mess with Mother Nature. I mean, I love when they brought back the purple ones because the purple ones were re- these are really cool. I don't know if Gretzky ever actually wore this one. Um, I don't think so. I never. I saw they it. Were, they were third if you look at one, there's one of the third jerseys, which is the really ugly third one they had, the white with the purple on it. That one, he right? Wore. Yeah. Right, right, right. With the giant king or whatever yes. it was. The it, it, it looked like yeah, it looked like. Thor's beer. I don't know. Burger King. Crown. It, it was, was very Burger King. Like yeah. that. The Burger King. The Burger King. That, that like two year yeah. period where every graphic art looked like that. Like, you know, that, like that's mid to late 90s. Yeah. Let's yeah. Right. Exactly. Let's get edgy, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get on to what, what we let's get on to yesterday. And a lot of stuff happened. And, I, and, and we're going to we could do this. I thought, you know, in the same way I kind of did yesterday and talk about the games as we go, where I guess the S like, you know, every team going into this thing, since we haven't played for five months, just filling Joe in because, you know, I'm sure Joe doesn't watch every show. <laughs> uh, what we talked about every every team that, you know, um, going in and we we're having we've had a whole off season here so going into a new season there's always question marks so my concept was let's see what question marks we can answer about these teams you know if given these like brief post season pre-playoff games and um then see where we are so let's start with the we, we talked about the florida panthers yesterday already so i'm not going to get into that because we were talking about that they were playing as we were on the air and we talked about you know the obvious one that is Bobrovsky going to be okay that's gonna that's the big no question asked question mark uh, let's talk about Tampa for a second, though. Um, and my question mark for Tampa is: Can Tampa recover from last year's playoff demise? Um, are they are they okay? That that's my you know are they going to be you know do they have to win the first game in the, if they say say let's say Tampa was somehow to lose their first game or first two games of the playoff series in the first round? Um, is this team tough enough to, to to recover from what happened last year? And uh, we can start let's start with Joe because we he's our guest today. So what do you think, Joe? Well, I, I I think the whole, like well just in general with with how this this whole restart and everything is going to go it's it's fascinating to think that th- this is connected to the season that was on yeah. months it's, ago it, it, that try to base everything off of how that ended and there's just been so much time in between that yeah um, that trying to use what we knew from then to apply it to now seems really tough. It's like predicting a new season using the season before, you know, like yeah. we, do, we do every year. We try to put teams into their positions. But it's it, but it's so strange just because we're just jumping right in, you know, right yeah. in the fire basically. And I think in Tampa's case, I don't know. I think I think having a long layoff is, is pretty good for them. I mean, it, yeah. it it's unfortunate, you know, that Stamkos, you know, was, was getting banged up, and you know, yeah. something something's up with Hedman because I didn't see him in the lineup the last. Well, personal week. thing, he'll be fine. Apparently, it's some family issue that he'll be there for him. okay um but i mean th- that's a team i think if they lose that first game i think and it, it's probably it, honestly it's the best form that they're in this just uh this round robin thing to start off because yes that can 
that can alleviate a lot of issues because yeah. they get banged around in that. Okay, you get you, they get knocked down the ladder a little bit, but yeah, I don't think it affects them too much. But you know, if they were if they were thrown right into the fire and they had to win games, like you know, win or die, win or go home, uh, right away, I think that gets a little daring because it's you know it is a best of five. You lose that first game, suddenly you're you're up against it right away. Yeah, that's not great. So, uh, but I think in their case, when they you know you got to deal with Philly and you got to deal with Washington, you got to deal with uh, yeah uh, with Boston. Uh, you know what? If if you're going to lose some games to start it off, might as well be against the best. You know? Yeah, right. So just I think bumps that way and and just kind of skirt away from it and get it figured out after that. Yeah, I mean, watching them yesterday, there's no question how good they are still. I mean, how and that they did that without Stamkos and without Hedman. Um, and they and Florida, granted, didn't play well at all, but they are really good, right? So, um, does anybody have any concerns that they could actually that 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 Tampa could actually you know crumble again in the playoff situation? Say somehow they get Columbus or no? Matter of fact, I saw I saw McDonough sort of um, loosely laughing in the third period and having a good time, and that's yeah. something where a year ago. They weren't doing, and he's a guy that just loves playing hockey, right? So if he gets that feeling in him, then that means the pressure is not turned up that much yet, and that's good. So I felt like they might be over the hurdle for that. And let me throw this out there, too, as, as a general term here, because I think the idea of playing without fans changes the perception of teams choking to a degree. I mean, I wonder how much how much less pressure that throws on them you know, because if they're say the first two games are in Tampa and they're playing Columbus, okay, for whatever reason, like Columbus gets, you know, that's, I mean, the that pressure won't exist if they're not playing with, without. Fans. I think there's still the me the mental pressure there, but you sort of stole my 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 okay. line. Like if if they if they go into the first round of the playoffs and they play Columbus and they lose game one, then it's the bad memories all over again. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're mentally strong enough and a good enough team that if they're top players are not injured that they even if they lose a game one that, that that they could bounce back i mean they're they're really deep and i know that brian brian burke on the hockey central show was talking about the fact that you know they added goudreau they added blake coleman they added even though he's i'm a critic of zach bogosian having zach bogosian as a six or a seven is a nice luxury to have going into the playoffs so they're pretty deep and they're pretty talented i'll give you, a you know, I think, right so i think if they lose game one regardless of fans being there, the media through Zoom is still going to ask them all sure. the questions as to whether or not they feel the pressure and whether or not they're going to have a repeat of the year before. And as you said, psychologically, yes, they brought in other guys, which will help. So none of them went through that situation last year, but you have enough guys who are in the room who went through it. And if you lose game one, I still think some of those psychological doubts have to come up, whether or not they're strong enough to get through it. I know it's a lousy answer, but it kind of depends. I don't think we're going to yeah. know that until it actually happens. I could see it going either way, but I don't think the lack of fans provides them any level of air comfort because the media is still going to ask the same questions and it's going to be doubled down because now you have the history of last year as well. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'll this Anthony, um, since I'm sorry with directing, since we have so many people. Um, yep. But for Anthony, along these lines, my next question, my last question about Tampa is, is Steven Stamkos ever going to be healthy enough to actually be Steven Stamkos again? I think he is. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I think he's... I think he's got all the most, you know, I, I, it, it's a diff you can't predict injuries, but I do think yeah. that he does have the taste of that from last year. And, and he doesn't, I, that's something they don't want to repeat. And it's just, a, it's a weird dynamic for Tampa because again, how they were finishing off their regular season, kind of going through the motions last year because they were so far ahead of everybody yeah. else. So they lapped the field 
And then you get into this very unique circumstance where it hadn't been tested for months, for almost, for almost several months. And then the first bit of adversity that hits them. Now we have a different circumstance where everybody's been off. Yes. No, yes. And everybody's kind of starting from, from, from technically ground zero, except in this circumstance, they at least have a few games to get themselves a little bit ramped up and get themselves immediately in it. Do they have the memories of last year? I'm sure that they do. Yeah. But in the end, I still think that there's a pretty good chance that in many ways, them not having the arena, I know Jan's pointing to the media asking questions, but again, being you know, have in front of your own fan base and you start hearing the buzz of, hey, yeah. here we go again. You don't quite have that this time with, with an empty arena. Right. So I'm wondering if that dynamic actually plays in Tampa's favor in this circumstance. I think so. Okay, let's move on to the so Colorado Minnesota game because this was um you know th- there was a really good game first off like we expected it would be. Um, these are two teams that are that are both kind of clipping. Um, and they they this this was the first time first game that I watched that I felt like I was watching two teams that were more in mid season form. The other games before this, I felt like there was a definite. You know, even in the even in the Tampa, I mean, Florida was Tampa looked like they were in mid-season form, but Florida didn't. Um, so the, the big questions on Colorado, um, and it's the, it's the one that's staring you right in the face. You can't avoid the, how good they are, but who the hell is their goalie going to be? Like, I mean, you know, who is is it Grubauer? Is it Francis Grubauer? Grubauer. I mean, Grubauer. yesterday, you know, um, I, I don't think the first second first goal, maybe the second goal, he had no chance on the goal that Stahl mm-hmm. scored. Side of the net, hits the guy in the body, nobody there. He's got three quarters of an empty net to get into. There's, there's nothing Grubauer could have done to stop that. I mean, I, I thought he actually played a fairly decent game. And as you said, I, these these were two teams that looked like they were in the me- meeting in yeah. game three of a playoff series. So there was a lot of hitting and a lot of anger looked like between the two squads that I was surprised at. I mean, it was a good one. And, um, I mean, Mike, um, as far as goaltending goes on this one, I mean – I, obviously, they, they they split. They split. They both played thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Francis was perfect. Where uh, you know Grubauer g- gave up two goals. Um, in or yeah, two goals, right? Yeah. 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 I I, th- I think that I it, the funny thing is, is this is a series where both teams have goaltending question marks. Yeah. Where I mean, I think that Colorado and Jared Bednar will probably go with. Grubauer to start, but it could be similar to what happened to him in Washington where he yeah. gets to start in the series, and if he doesn't live up to expectations, then they're going to go to Francis pretty quickly. With Minnesota, I mean, Stalock was the better of the two goalies in the second half of the season. Yeah. Dubnik, I think most people agree, is the better goaltender. It's just a question of whether the personal things off the ice and everything else is straightened out or is is not distracting him. And if that's the case, then I think they would go with Dubnik. But I I, I don't know what uh, what they're going to do. Well, in interesting because they they you know we can go with the lab Minnesota's question because that's the same question for them too as well. Um, but they started stay you know who they started you would think would be interesting to see you know. Um, but he didn't look good actually. He didn't look good at all, um, and uh, and Dubnik looked much better. Yeah, which you know is is and Dubnik is a streaky goalie by nature. Um, you know, I think you've got to go with Dubnik because the end of the day, you know what's funny? Stalock finished the season strong, but technically he was still coming in relief. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's what he is used to because when you saw him start that game yesterday. He started it cold, man, and that's yeah. got to be. A, and he's a rhythm again, much like you know Dubnik is a rhythm goalie, but he's yeah. got more obviously much more of a um, of a resume. Um, Stalock again, he was on a roll, but sometimes goal, you know, backup goalies get on rolls, and then the season gets pulled out from under you, and now you're coming back cold, as you said, coming back cold. It may be again, it may be too 
it may be too tall of an order to ask Alex Daylock to come in and be like ready like, on, on point the way that a Dubnik probably mm -hmm. would be. I mean, right. Joe, Joe, these are two situations that are open to second guessing. But I mean, I, I if I'm Bednar or if I'm the the, uh, uh, the coach for for Minnesota, I go with the more established guy, and then you can always go to that that option B if you get the chance. Yeah, right. this is this is like a thing where if you've got a if you've got any questions in goal, and, and there's a lot of teams that, that are going to have those they're going to have those questions. But if if you if if you find out who your hot hand is real, right away. Yeah, you're sticking with that guy. Yeah, I think in Colorado's case that I, I think it's a little less in doubt. I mean, Francis is probably going to be a pretty good goalie, uh, but I mean Grubauer, they've got a ton of faith in. And I think in Minnesota's case, you know, that they were a team that was pretty down and out of it for most of the regular season, and then just had just a complete wake up call once uh, once everything got changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think whether it's Stalock or it's Dubnik, because I mean they both. They're both capable, um, and obviously Dubnik's had the higher highs in his career. But um, you don't hesitate to, to to break out the hook if you gotta if you gotta get somebody else going if you think they're gonna be the answer. I mean, this is the kind of tournament where you, you can't hesitate. You gotta you gotta get it figured out really quick. And yeah, uh, I think the, the pressure is a little bit higher on Colorado's case because they do have sure. do have a much better team, um, and they've got you know they've got an MVP MVP level player on their you know, oh, yeah. center. So. I mean, they, they they've got a lot. There, there's a lot bigger things riding on uh, on on this whole tournament for them. But man, I I would hate to be the coach that has to go into this thing second guessing your goaltending every single day, and you've only got you know what one one exhibition game to get it figured out. One two. when you have two, yeah, when you have, well, they have the, the the fortunate thing about about Colorado is they have you know they have the the basically three more games, so. Mm -hmm. That that's huge compared to Minnesota. You know, like they can play the two. Right. They can play Grubauer. They can play Francis. They don't have to just depend on this one case. You know, they have Minnesota has nothing else to nothing. You know, they have to decide based on what they saw here and based on the regular season, which is why I think that they will still stay with Stalock. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's I mean, really I mean, the fact that they, you don't start Stalock in this game, and then <clears throat> that sound to me that's like they made the decision that Stalock's their guy. And unless they like was absolutely horrible and he wasn't horrible and he wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible. I think they, not to say they won't switch to Dubnik quickly if they have to, but um, all right. So the other question, I, I didn't have any more questions. That to me, it was only well, actually, I, you, you have no more Minnesota no. questions. I have, no, I have one more Minnesota question. Okay. And that is um, who's the difference maker on this team? Because the thing about the wild is that they've always been a team of like kind of nondescript. They don't, they've never had a superstar. It's hurt them a lot. I've talked to people about it. Gabrick's the so yeah, Larry like, Gabrick at his height was probably the yeah, yeah, right. He was, but they've never had a player that can, you know, they, they thought, you know, okay, Ryan Suter and Parise, and, and but they're Ryan Suter is his superstar character. But neither of these guys are the guys you're gonna, you know, Parise is he's an understated guy to a degree with this kind of stuff. Um Koivu is like such a legendary guy for them, obviously. Who's the difference maker? And I know I who I think it is, but um, I think we all have the same view. What was that? I think we may all have the same view. Yeah, why don't you start, Jan? I'm going Kevin Fiala. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I, that, to my opinion, look, I know Russ is shaking his head, but to me in terms no, of – No, I love Fiala. I just don't think he's the difference maker. Uh, because I think speed and talent, I think he has the capacity. Has he done it yet? I think he was doing it in Nashville before he got hurt in the playoffs that year. He had really taken his game to another level. But I think in terms of what he can potentially bring to that squad, compared to what else is on that team, 
he is the guy that could be the difference maker in a series. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll give the smart ass answer. I think the difference maker for the Minnesota Wild is banned from being able to play in the playoffs this year, and that's Kirill Kaprizov. Because I think if they had him, that, that they would they, they would actually have a, a legitimate chance of winning in the playoffs. I don't think they do, but you know they're they're a, te- they're a team that's going to have to attack you with with depth, with three three lines, with you know all their defense playing a, at a high level, with Dubnik or Staylock playing out of their mind. Because I mean, you know, they were really good in a window of about four weeks after they fired Bruce Boudreaux to the to when the league shut down. If they can continue that, then they could win. They could go deep in the playoffs. But I don't know whether you can recapture that after being off. We talked about well, the, I they think the they, fourth best record in the Western Conference from yeah, January on. They I mean, did they, recapture that, it. That's not, that's, that's not a small thing. If no, you, they were, if, go ahead. if you watch that game, they did recapture it. This is yeah. – all of a sudden now the Minnesota Wild played almost as good as the Colorado Avalanche, and people like aren't giving them credit for hanging with the Avalanche. No. It's they, crazy. They, and the thing they, about them is, your rise is this: like, if we were picking that, if we were going into a new season with the Minnesota Wild, we would be like, yeah, they got us together at the end of last absolutely. year. Absolutely, they're a team you have to look out for. They're going to be dangerous. You, I'm telling you, they're going to win their series. Eric Stahl will be their star. Eric Stahl looks revived from the rest. He looked like the Eric Stahl of like four years ago in that game, and I think he is the difference maker. And Dumba's the other one because Dumba's yeah. healthy. Yeah, that sorry, was my, that was going to be my, you. Just I'm sorry. Name the player that I think is. A I shouldn't have said it. That's okay, Matt. No, I was going to say Matt Dumba to me. I mean, it was between Stall and Dumba, but I really do think Dumba has really come into his own and can be a different. And I think certainly in the first round series against Vancouver, it could be a major difference maker for them. Yeah, I like the way he plays. He gives you a lot at both ends of the ice. I like his offensive. I like his offensive flair. I like his his neutral zone coverage is excellent. He's able to to close on on opposing forwards pretty quickly. Uh, and break up plays. I, 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 Dumba, I think, could be a real different, it could be a really important player for them. Oh, I'm totally with you. Now, like, moving on to Carolina and Washington. Um, <clears throat> next up, watching Carolina, you know, we always talk about Carolina, how they, like, no one knows what they really are or who they are or what or why they're so good or why they keep, why they're a playoff team, even. Like, it just, but they are. And they're obviously good. They're obviously good enough to be a playoff team and they have speed and they've got talent. But it's who are these guys? You know, like, it really is kind of baffling. And this, game was the first time watching Carolina in some time that I felt like, yeah, they're pretty damn deep. Like they have a lot that, you know, they, you see, you can see the trade deadline moves they made has made them a lot better um, depth wise. And there's no like weak spot. And I mean, now if, and if they can get Trocek to play like he played in this game, that's a different, but Trocek can disappear for weeks on end. Um, And that is my, that is my big question for the Carolina hurricanes is Trocek the Trocheck that was really good or the Trocheck that's not really good. Well, Russ, Russ yesterday talked about the, 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 the difference in terms of up the middle with, you know, Stroman Zabinajay with the Rangers yeah. and the, the top two with, with Carolina and then Trocheck being the number three. Yeah. I I'm less concerned about that matchup when it comes to Carolina than I am. They're so deep on defense. They have a lot of talent up front, and every time I look at that team, I think if they had an above-average goaltender, they would be, you know, a no doubt for the Eastern Conference Final. But I yeah. look, I look at what Mrazek did yesterday, yeah. and he looked like Archer's Urbe at age fifty. He's just, yeah. he's just an average at best goalie, and he, he, he is, he is like that. The, the two things I saw that, out of Carolina, though, that were encouraging. Mrazic aside, and it's not like they gave up five goals, so I don't no, want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, I don't want to totally bury him. I, I saw Svechnikov playing physical. Yeah. If he plays physical and scores, 
he is going to be a force in the playoffs yeah. because he is probably 25% stronger than he was when he first got to the league. And then Teravainen is quietly maybe their best fire starter, yeah. best assist guy. I know everybody wants to give Aho all this credit. Teravainen has turned into like a star player in this yeah. league, and he yeah. just looks completely comfortable with setting up big plays. Yeah, plus he does everything for him, right? He's on yeah. his time on ice is like he's he spent time on the power play, he spent time he was in nearly two minutes penalty killing. He reminds me at this point now, Taravina. He's getting to the point where he looks like a fin he, he looks like a finished Claude Giroux in the in, in the absolute prime of yeah. Giroux's career. Yeah, yeah. Sim similar physical build, just a guy who could blow up. You know, just he's a guy you have to yeah. account for at all times of the ice. Yeah. Um, and does everything I think for Carolina in this circumstance. Um, it's just. I, I love Carol. I, I really, the more and more I look at Carolina, as long as to, to Mike's point, if they get good goaltending, competent goaltending in this series, they should win against New York. And how about Justin Williams in that game? Like he, well, like is you know, I mean, here's a guy who you know I, I saw on the beaches in Ventnor, you know, not too long ago, down the down in here, you know, and he and I can't believe he's out there and he's just playing like he looked like he had taken like a serious shot of youth, you know, like he was. And he's, we know he's just a guy who gets up for big games, but he looks like he's primed to like to make a serious run. Joe, Joe, there's 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 balance in terms of veteran and youth, in terms of skill and in terms of work, you know guys who work. They're deep on defense, even without Dougie Hamilton. But I I, I keep coming back to the goaltending situation <clears throat> with Carolina. That's their chink, the chink in their armor. Well, I I, I look at what. And I'm going back to what X said though. Like their their depth to me is one yeah. where if the depth is if the depth shows up. Boy, they're dangerous because yeah. I, I see, you know, Nina Niederreiter. I mean, he's I mean, he's fabulous when he's on, um, but you don't really notice him at all if he's not if he's not involved. Exactly. In the and it's the same for guys like the Zingle. I mean, the Zingle. Yeah. He's a guy where if you know, it's it's cliche and it's obvious to say it, but if the shots are going in, he's playing great. But if not, he doesn't really get totally involved in the games, and that that to me is a is is a big issue with them. Where if you can get get behind that. You know, beyond that line of the Finns and and Svechnikov and those guys, those guys aren't really bringing it. It's tough to see them really keeping up with with everybody else, uh, depth wise. But I mean, yeah, goaltending. Razik's same story though. I mean, if he's hot, man, get out of the way. He's he's gonna roll. Yeah. But if he's yeah. off, he's way off. That's that's yeah. a huge problem. The only thing you don't have to question with them is their defense. Their defense is great. Yeah, no, that's for I, sure. I, I see them going. I see them going with Trocheck on their second line, moving Stall down to the third line. I do think Warren Fogel is going to get some movement. I think he moves up from their bottom yeah. six, maybe even to the second line. Nekash didn't play yesterday, so it's another guy who they can add in. Look, I mean, I've written enough about this. I mean, I, I don't. I, I've said repeatedly, take the four nothing mark that the Rangers had against them this year and completely throw it in the garbage because they're two completely different teams. Yeah, they are. You said, when we started the call, it's almost like a whole new season, right? You have to start in essence from scratch for them. Carolina getting a game from Sammy Vatnin is huge because he doesn't just have to go right to the playoffs, right? He has he yeah. he's able to get his sea legs a little bit underneath him and get used to playing in the system as opposed yeah. to just in an intra squad game. So and they, they are going to be a formidable out, especially. Yeah. Look, I mean, I love Ajo, but Taravine has been my favorite player on that team for several years now. They stole him from Chicago because Chicago had oh, yeah. the capos, and as yeah. I said, he, he to me is probably the most dangerous guy on that team, just given what he does all over the ice. I mean, you know, you caught it with Jordan Stahl moving him down. I think I was going to say the same thing. I think that moving if Trochik if Trochik is going to show up mm -hmm. like he did yesterday, he gets up to the second line, and then Stahl gets to be basically 
the Rod Brindamore of the Carolina Hurricanes, or yeah. or or the Jordan Stall of the Peng of the, uh, right. of that, the you know, Penguins like, era, where they just call you know matchup problems. Right. It's so interesting to me how much Jordan Stall reminds me of Rod Brindamore, and, and you know Brindamore being the coach, it's just like the guy who's like you know he can score, but he's really great defensively. But he's not um, much of a scorer. That's that's where everything. He's not, he's not a great scorer, but you know, he had the one year. He had the one year where he scored a lot in Pittsburgh. But yeah. really, he's not that guy. He's the guy you see now, who is actually better defensively, yeah. who does chip in offensively, but he's a great leader in the locker room. But he's never been that scorer. He never was gonna be. You can put Stallings on the same line is what I think is going to happen, and they're going to keep them together. The question is, is it going to be Niederreiter who lines up opposite them against, or Warren Fogel? Niederreiter looked good, actually. They both did. Fogel the thing that impressed me the most about Ajo in that game is his hitting. Like, you know, you don't think of Ajo as like a – Ajo was throwing his body around for this. He's not a big guy, you know, but he's just like – he's leading by example out there. They're also going up against Washington as well. Right. You don't yeah. If you don't let them know that you're out there physically, right. Right. they will take it to you. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Otherwise, Rocket Richard Trophy winner Tom Wilson will come and try to, you know, decapitate. Wilson almost had a goal in that game. That's the funny thing. Had the nicest goal of that game in terms of that tic-tac-toe play. But it's amazing how Ovi still finds a way to get open at the left dot and nobody stops him. But yeah, and my other question like is, Rocket, else, if you have that, a move and it's good, it's good. Yeah, but again, at a certain point in time, you kind of know he's going to be there. But it doesn't right. matter. Are you, he's in his office, and that's Ovi's Right. Are you a 100-mile-an-hour slapper? If you're not, he's like, you know, there's only so many things you could do about it. Yeah. All right, two questions. I My other question was Morazic. We already kind of touched on that. So let's move on to um, to Washington. Um, can Alex Ovechkin yes. be Alex Ovechkin without – Without fans in the stadium, like yeah, in other words, I yes. didn't. No, I'm going to throw this out there. You know, and I, it's obviously was great yesterday. But there's a lot of energy going on, but there's a there's a thing about Ovechkin that I think Ovechkin feeds off of crowds and 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 fans probably as much as any player in the league. I think he'll uh, I think he'll be perfectly fine. He uh, we, he can right. generate his own motivation. That's not even a concern. I will right. well, I will trump that I will trump that act because I think there's so there always there's always something to where games are being played. And Joe knows this because he's covered the Leafs as well as well as I. Alex Ovechkin always dines out at Scotiabank Arena. He kills the Leafs. He will kill people in that building. He loves it. He loves the spotlight and Toronto's a spotlight city. Right, and, and it, there's no bigger spotlight than this playoffs in Toronto in that building. He doesn't need the fans. He will he will dine out in this playoffs. And you know what? The the best part the best part about Ovechkin, and I say this as a full compliment. Yeah, I think of him as Stifler from American Pie, <laughs> in, in the in the lacrosse in the lacrosse scenes where he's just the ultimate teammate, pump everybody up, score score goals, show off, just do everything humanly possible and the and his teammates love him for it i think yeah if there's nobody in the building if there if there's a hundred thousand people in the building he's gonna yeah. play the same exact style of hockey yeah interesting all right i like it okay i mean i miss i'm the only one who thought that <laughs> possible um my next question um will Ilya kovalchuk get in the way in other term in other words this is a team that has a lot of they haven't played much with kovalchuk um i think there's pressure to play him more than they should go to um, Ross on this one first <laughs> What was that? I was watching him. I didn't see much. No, I didn't see much either, but they play him a lot. He looked actually, you want to be really honest? He looked tired at times. He did, but they play him a lot. That's the point. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you're know, trying to justify it. That is right. the worry. That is the worry about Kovalchuk. But you know what? I think Reardon looked different to me this time. Like I think he realized yeah. 
his job was on the line. And I think if Kovalchuk doesn't play good, I don't think he'll have a hes- he'll hesitate in moving him down. And he was on every power play. He was he played 14 minutes. Um, and his only stat on his whole stat sheet is a bunch of zeros, zero, 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 you know, until he, and he's got he had two shots on goal, he had one hit and then two giveaways. Yeah, he, he looked like I did like giveaways, right? The and giveaways, and it's like I mean that's the only two, but still, yeah. I worry that you know, the thing about Kubalchuk and Ovechkin together is I was hoping that that would motivate Kubalchuk to be like <laughs> to be, you know what I mean? To like because there's a usual no, they're not really no, rushing. I, I think there's something. To, I think there's something to, to each other. I love competing to be the top guy. There's something to that, but again, this is this is also well past. You know, prime era Ilya Kovalchuk that we're right. yeah. on. In many ways, I don't want to say the deadline has felt like when that trade happened that it, I mean he was playing well with Montreal. He was playing well with yeah. Mon- relatively well with Montreal, but yeah. I did have that sort of feeling of, hey, hitch a ride on my back. You finally get that you know cup you're missing. He's playing well in Montreal because there was and, no. And if you could fit, and you, can you fit it? You know, and, and fitting in that role, whether or not you know potentially that Montreal style fit the way Kovalchuk was playing. We'll have to see whether or not it's going to work here in Washington. But they, if they think his play is not up to snuff, they cannot. Reardon can't afford to have him playing that high, too high yeah. in the lineup or giving him too many minutes. His last playoff goal was in 2012. It's what was his last yeah. playoff game, though? 2012. Yeah, he, he's, he's a guy who's played a remarkable few amount of playoff games in his career. You know, like, it's just it's pretty astonishing that way. It happens when you're drafted by the Thrashers. Uh, Joe, thoughts on Kubelchuk? The, the thing that gets me, though, is uh, – like you think that putting him and Ovi together would be would just be magic, but I mean Ilya's old, older than Ovi, so Ovi might have a little bit of deference to him, just as yeah, that's uh, as a just as a, a superstar Russian you know veteran. I mean that yeah, that to me that to me is something where it's you put them together in hopes that you know maybe Ilya gets together, but maybe you're thinking you know maybe Ovi's going to learn some tricks here, maybe he's he's going to learn a little something extra from this, but I, I think it's beyond. That, that's yeah. beyond that. Ovi's Ovi's an infinitely better player than uh, oh, yeah. he has ever been. I mean, and I say that as a huge goal. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I love him, man. He was just incredible to to, to watch. But I mean, the way I mean, watching him the way he played in in Jersey, you think back to that Cup final. And, and oh yeah, he was great. Out. I mean, yeah. he was doing everything. I mean, he, him yeah. playing shorthanded. I mean, he was such yeah. a dangerous player there and. Um, he's not that guy anymore. I mean, yeah. it was it was cool to see him get a little bit of a resurgence in Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but that was that was more about the lack of talent that, that the Habs had than yeah. that it was about Kovalchuk just being that much better of a player. But yeah, and you uh, know, and you know, he's gonna he know he's gonna end up back there uh, this fall. That, that that's it, another thing I worry about. Like he's he's literally a rented. Stooge right now. Like he is. He knows that everybody knows that. Stooge is rented. Stooge. Wow. I'm not, I'm hey. We're not talking about you're making him sound like a mall cop. I, I don't mean that. to be a jerk, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It's like all right, so the other thing about this getting around on a segue. Nice. The other thing about this game was both teams had five power plays and both teams only scored once on the five power plays. Um there were a lot of power plays in this game, and both teams' power plays look horrendous. Now we know power plays are a hard thing to everybody keeps talking about how hard it is to get you know power plays back this quickly and all that stuff. But yeah, these teams are both teams that, well, especially Washington. Washington has to take advantage. Well, of I, I would be more concerned if, from a uh, Carolina point of view because I'm looking at the at the 
the, the minutes played and Votnin, who hasn't played you know for but well, longer than four and a half months because of the injury he was, he was splitting time with Jake Gardner who if everybody was healthy wouldn't be in the lineup for Carolina and those are his poor replacements for Ducky Hamilton who if he would have stayed healthy was probably a Norris trophy candidate I, I think that's a big concern for for Carolina can, can I bring up the elephant in the room John Carlson crashed into the wall. Reardon can downplay that all he wants, but I'm a little worried. Yeah, that, I thought so too, and his minutes kind of went down after that. Um, they went, he was out. He never came uh, back. And, and now I'm I know going to sound like a joke. Yeah, and I'm concerned about Washington's overall defensive depth after yeah. their first three defensemen, after Carlson, right. Orlov, and you know Dylan's in the mix there too. But again, once you get past that, Gudis is okay. It's just I, I have my concerns about Washington's overall defensive depth and how it could be exploited potentially. No, oh, I agree with you. Um, I totally, agree. I totally agree with you on that one. Now, um, I'm, I have to admit, like I was running around crazy and doing all this stuff, and I've been, and I do not know why Samsonov did not play in this game. So, can you guys fill me in on what's happening? With He's that? injured. He's injured. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, is it Vanacek? Vitek uh, yeah. Vanacek was in yeah, there. They, they, they were having a competition between Copley and Vanacek to be the backup for Holpe. Like apparently, it was based on what the, how they played in scrimmages. Vanacek played mm. better. I didn't think he played badly, but I mean, if they have to go to Vanacek over Holpe, they're 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 as bad off as uh, as uh, Chicago would be if Malcolm Subban had to play. I give right, a little. This, my, this brings up my question. Then my question. I thought he was hurt. I just wanted to make sure. I figured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, so my question is this: with him not available. Mm-hmm. Does this help Braden Holtby at all? I, I think it helps him on the market when he's a free agent in October. Um, no, but mentally, right now, like he games. Games. knows that there's not that because this was there was this was a competition mm-hmm. going in. Basically, people were saying that Samsonov should be their goalie. Joe, what do you what do you think? I, you know, I Holtby had the same kind of pressure when the when the Caps won the cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's it was it was the same question of you know whether or not he was going to be able to do it. I. Yeah. I, I think that's still a fair question to ask of him. You know, can he, yeah. can he handle it? I mean, there, there's a lot about his game the last few years that I just don't like. Yeah. Um, and he's still, it's crazy to think that he's still going to cash in, uh, in the offseason. But um, whether, I mean, I think Samsonov, having him back him up is a is a much is a much better thing than, than Vanacek or Phoenix Copley. But yeah. um, uh, as for whether it clears his mind, I don't think so. I think it puts a different pressure on him to be able to, to, to hold it down instead. Yeah. And and the and the pressure of if you have an impressive performance, it will probably uh, you know convince other general managers who are looking for goaltenders. I can spend the money on this guy. I mean, he's won a cup. He's been a good goaltender for a number of years. But if he shines in these playoffs, that just makes them feel more more confident to give him an extra year and give him an extra million dollars in a free agent deal. Yep. Okay. Moving on to St. Louis, Chicago. Um, definitely the surprise game of the day. The way it went down. Um, I'll say this, like the Blues are Stanley Cup champions. This game meant nothing to them in their heads. And you could see that it really looked like it meant nothing to them. The way they played, I thought. They really, I mean, they didn't, they they, they did throw a lot of hits. Like the St. Louis Blues were, they were trying to get going the whole time by, 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 by trying to level the Blackhawks every opportunity. I mean, this was the first team that hit really in this entire pre-postseason, whatever you want to call it. Um, they threw 31 hits at the, at, at the Hawks, um, but couldn't score and had a lot of their shots blocked. Like the Hawks were doing a great job with blocking shots to the point where the Blues only ended up with 21 shots on goal. This game was controlled by the Blackhawks style. Like the Blackhawks dictated the style of this game. And that was to me pretty amazing. Like this, that, this is a Stanley Cup champion versus a team that shouldn't even be here in the playoffs. And uh, 
But I also think that you saw the motivation of the Blackhawks defense here, not wanting to, like trying to protect Crawford with all these block shots. Like they were, they were doing everything they could to help their goalie out, you know, and that is a rallying cry that I did not expect from that defense, which is so much older. Like we talked about, I mean, they were really good. So my question is, are the Blackhawks better than we thought they were? No, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I think that kind of effort is just, just them going to the mat for a guy who's a leader in the room, you know, yeah. they don't, cause that's, that's the guy that they need. They need, <laughs> they, they don't have an option like that. He's right. got to be the guy that's got to, that's got to carry the weight and, you know, a veteran team playing that way. It's great. It's great to see, but that, that's like a, that's like a midnight, mid late nineties sort of throwback yeah. type, type of way to play. And yeah, you get against a more skilled team, you know, and it's, it's one exhibition, you know, nobody's been on the, I get, I get all that stuff, but yeah, if you get Chicago against, you know, against anybody who's got, who's going to be able to, to kind of bring it a little bit faster a little bit more skill, and I know that's a little different in the West, but you, uh, that that's not going to last. It, I mean, if it gets them through the first round, hey, I mean, congratulations, did it. Yeah. Also screwed yourself out of a shot at the number one pick. <laughs> right, um, right. I'm going to say no. Sorry, Jeff, too. I mean, it's, that, that to me, it, it's, it's not the kind of thing that's going to last. It, it, back, you know, it, you, you can roll it back 20 years ago, and that style will, will get you to maybe the conference finals. That, that's yeah. not going to do it now. I, I knew it was a no when I saw Craig Berube in a tracksuit top and jeans. I knew at that point they were not going to give their best effort. I mean, I know, I mean, one of the quotes I think from Ryan O'Reilly was the fact that the puck was bouncing around a little bit. We weren't clean, exactly, we weren't clean. Uh, so they were, they had way too many turnovers uh, against, against Chicago. And you know, St. Louis is going to clean, will we'll clean that up and adapt in that circumstance. I think Chicago took advantage. Yeah where they could take advantage. Um, but I am not convinced by any stretch of the imagination uh, that I think that uh, in, in Chicago's ability to make a deep run. I, 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 oh, go ahead, Jim. So I was going to say is I, I probably give them a notch above where I think we rated them originally because of yeah. all the question marks about Crawford. So yeah. while those all haven't been alleviated, <clears throat> you're a little bit more confident in his ability to be able to play goal. But as Joe said, you know, bringing against a team that's going to bring it, well, guess what? They're going against the Oilers next. And, Mr. Yeah. McDavid and Mr. Drysaddle will be spinning tops around some of these guys, so it's going to yeah. be a much different game than playing against St. Louis in, in a contest that didn't matter at all. Yeah, Connor McDavid's going to turn Adam Boquist into a turnstile. I mean, but this, this, this is the thing. Um, I, you know, Kubalik had two goals and an assist yesterday, yeah. and only and only played twelve minutes. I was a little surprised. He was phenomenal in this game, like yeah, I know. And then I was minutes, you're dead on right, and that kind of brings up my well, good Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback after that because I have okay. thought. But the other the other thing in terms of St. Louis, I wouldn't be concerned about this game. I wouldn't be concerned if they played bad in the three round robin games. Their playoffs start when when they, when the first round starts in a couple weeks, and the most important thing for them was getting Vladimir Tarasenko on the ice. He had four shots on goal. If you get him at at Tarasenko's best level, which he was at times during the playoffs last year, this team is dangerous. Yeah, there's no question. And now I think the interesting thing about Kubalik is the Hawks are – he's still new enough. I mean, we all know he's great and, he, you know, all that stuff. But he's new enough as our guys, you know, like uh, like Kirby Doc and, uh, and Debrinkat. They're new enough that you still don't necessarily – when you're playing the Hawks, you're still thinking about Taves and Kane and not thinking about these guys. 
And to, to me, that's what it looked like St. Louis was doing. Like St. Louis was like, okay, we're going to, and these guys are, the, the, the interesting thing about the Hawks is they've been slowly building up this really interesting young, to bring, bring you know, the young, Dylan Strom was really good yesterday. Dylan Strom had a good game. They Look, I, I, again, I think Chicago did look good, but I also think St. Louis couldn't have looked worse. Right. Yeah. And I bet. Very disinterested, haphazard yeah. style. That was very un-blues-like in that yeah. case. And, 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 the, and the issue is going to be when they face Edmonton is not the quality and the depth of their forwards. It's it's the depth and quality of their defense. Yeah. And Duncan Keith is not 25 anymore. He's 35. And when you look at Boquist, Carlson, Slater Cuckoo, a slowed down Olimata. This is not, this is not Robinson, Savard, and Lapointe. This is a, a flawed defense, and yeah. they're going to have a tough time against Edmonton trying to corral Drysaitel and McDavid. Okay, uh, St. Louis. Um, are we going to see a possible sophomore slump from Jordan Bennington in the playoffs? No, nope. no, nope. Everyone's confident on that one. No. All right, then. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he, I thought you know he looked very average yesterday. Yeah. But the I team in front of him looked, looked particularly great, and I, and I think that part, that was kind of part and parcel. It was yeah, kind of defense hung them out. Like they were getting, they, they, they looked like a team that was kind of getting their emotions in, you know, getting their, you know, getting things out of their system on the ice, and it wasn't a case because they know they've got some some games here to get things set. Okay, Mike. Okay, now the next question, since everyone's pretty much set on that one, is it possible for a big defenseman? Now, I've heard this before that big defensemen take the longest to get going in the NHL seasons. Like in general, that's it takes them, you know, before they really get into their mode. Well, if you ask, if you ask, if you ask Shea Weber, I would say yes. Yeah, no, and I think this, I've seen this before. And I remember Tom Laidlaw was told to talk, talked about this a lot with me and said, you know, those bigger guys, like they're not usually ready after they've been off for a while, like completely ready, you know, in terms of that, just the, and, and to me, that's what Petrangelo looked like yesterday. Like I saw him. Uh, many he gave he gave he had four giveaways. I mean that's not uncharacteristic of him. He, he looked bad, but Pareko looked good. So I'm going to go against that theory. Pareko is younger, and so Petrangelo well, he's has what? He's younger, still big, right? They're still like older and big is different than younger and big too. I think. Oh, oh now you're. I would say it is right. I mean, I'm. I'm it's, it's the it's the Ackland caveat, Ross. Don't Just put me out yeah. faster, then. <laughs> I should have known. He's Just got throw me under the bus. Really yeah. Think he's going to basically have that tough of a time. He's got three more games to find his sea legs and get back to his normal. Which is fortunate, I think, for them because I didn't. They need they need him to be the they, guy. They still, Petrangelo, you know, and they do, but they've got a lot. Their defensive depth is just superior. St. Louis. I'm even yeah. even Petrangelo has a um, a slow start. They have enough personnel there that I think they'll be they'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, they blocked a lot of shots too. Um, I mean, but. All their all their shot blocks, which is interesting. Usually, you see like oh, Jaden Schwartz had one, but usually you see a lot of forwards with some, you know, a few shot blocks. But that well, was the it. last thing that these teams want to do. All evidence to the contrary with Chicago, who blocked shots, is is get hurt blocking a shot in a meaningless game. I think that's yeah. that's what St. Louis's approach was here. This is a warm up. You know, we're gonna have three round robin games where the only the only consequence is seeding in the playoffs. The, our playoffs start when the first round starts. There, you know what, Mike. You, you know what you're making me think of? There's also a difference where Barubi's got nothing to prove. Colleton still has a lot to prove. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is – and I think I think the Hawks played this game very seriously. I mean, they know they're stepping in to Edmonton. They know that they had to they had to play this game full out. They had to see what they yeah. had. They had to get – they had to get – I mean, it couldn't have gone – like it couldn't have gone worse for Florida yesterday, the Panthers. It couldn't have gone better than it went for the Hawks. You know, this is like the right. perfect, 
perfect game. Crawford Chicago needed to be again. They're going. They're diving straight into it. Yeah, right. Crawford and you know, Crawford getting a shutout. That's astonishing. But we don't know. Again, I'm still going to be skeptical. I like Crawford. I've always liked him as a guy, but but I don't know what his stamina is going to be like. Yeah. When all of a sudden, the next game, he's got to play like this again for three periods. I don't know if he could do that. Good point. All right, um, we got to move a little quicker. Sorry, uh, Islanders and the Rangers. Good. Um, going. You know, this was. Um, can the Islanders make teams play their style? That was my question because that's what the Islanders did yesterday. The Islanders made the Rangers. This was they were out. The Islanders outcoached the Rangers. Yeah, I think that's David Quinn's fault though because he yeah. talked about playing a simpler style, which is not what they did during the season. Yeah, and they played right into Barry Trotz's hand. I totally. also was shocked that Devin Taves is the Islanders' number one goal, number one defenseman now. Number one power play guy, but he's also in my book, Sticks and Stones, so people should buy it because who right. else the book with Devin Taves? <laughs> I do. That's <laughs> good. That's a really good point. Barry, Barry, Barry. All the information you ever want to know. Coming Barry, soon Barry, Barry. 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 documentary on Devin Taves. Very Barry 30-minute penalty box for Russ there for self-promoting. I'll take it. No, he's allowed. Barry he's paid enough not to do that. Barry Trot's <laughs> main, main tactic is to bore everyone to death. Yep. To win the game, I it didn't work in Nashville. It only worked in Washington when he had overpowering offense. Kind of worked in Nashville. Nets off. So I don't know. I, again, I keep looking at this Islander team, and you know Varlamov has always been sort of inconsistent. I think he's a good goaltender, but when he's on, when he's on, when he's not on, he's I think he's very average. And I don't know if they have enough offense. Now they had enough offense against the Rangers, but I, I, I agree with Russ. The Rangers played into their hands. I don't know if Florida is going to play into their hands. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that. Uh, Trotz has been so good at just just yeah. being able to lock things down. Yeah. I think the Islanders' lack of offense. Not a huge problem as as long as the Isles got the goaltending working for them, right? No, I, I, I don't see it as too much of a problem. The only the only place where they they get beat is if a team just decides to flex their speed on them, and that's that's the big issue. I think the Islanders are going to have is that when they get against the the tougher teams, it's going to be a, that's going to be a problem because the speed the speed is what beats that defensive that defensive lockdown stuff. You get in behind everybody, you can blow them away, you can pick them apart, but. Until you do that, that's why the Rangers playing that way is, is a bigger surprise because they have the speed. They've got yeah. guys that can do that playing yeah. like that. That doesn't do them any good. They they did they had more success playing recklessly yep. than probably any team in the league. I covered the Islanders for a little while this year when we didn't have an Islanders writer, so I was getting into, into them more early in the season. And the, one of their killer things, one of the, their one of their pet one of their Achilles heels is if they get scored on first. Like you have to get out on the Islanders. If you can get out on the Islanders. You know that change. They they have to change the way they play. Yeah, you're forcing you're forcing them to play play offensive, which is not they're not good at. If you're going down two nothing going into the into the second third period, you're you're screwed against the Islanders. I mean that's the bottom line. And and you know to my other question, you know for the Islanders, is Thomas Grice going to possibly take the spot from Sergey Verlov? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I like Thomas. Grice. No, no, no. Um, how good was Verlov? He got it in. He got it in. My he question is, how good was Verlov? And how good is Verlov? And is Verlov a playoff goalie? He was really good. Is he a guy that could really surprise everyone? He made a couple of great saves on Jesper Fast yesterday, three in a sequence, which was pretty impressive. And I thought, I thought yeah. overall he played well enough that I, I don't think Grice is getting in the nets unless something <laughs> really untoward happens. All right, maybe the Rangers. The next time Grice is in the net, he's playing for the Swiss national team. 
And let Jan go first with the Rangers because his time yeah. is thin. Yeah, right. Okay, there you go. Um, the Rangers. Um, I, my first guy is that is 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 Jasper Fast really this good, um, Jan? Because he looked amazing in that game. Well, we 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 refer to him as the sweetest version of the Swiss Army knife. I mean, he does a little yeah. bit of everything, right? He's a guy who's moved up and down the lineup repeatedly. He's probably better suited for the third line. And you, he had a great game yesterday, but I still think if the Rangers are struggling, you're going to see Capo Caco, who looked really good yesterday, yeah, he moved up from the third line to the second line to skate along with Panarin and Strom. Yeah, no, I agree with I'll, that. I'll say this about Fostek. I, I did a book signing with him, and off the record, we were kind of chatting, right? And this is when he was fairly new with the Rangers. It was his first season. And I said, actually, he's the second season. I'm like, you know, with Sweden in the World Juniors, you were on the power play. You were on the power play in Hartford. All of a sudden, you come up with the Rangers. Why not the power play? And he goes, I had no idea. He goes, I would love to do it. He has more talent than you think he does. Yeah. Just, Rangers don't let him use it because of the way they play him. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, okay, the, um, the, the other thing on the Rangers is the goalie question. And um, why is it that Shashirkin starts the game and the Rangers play like incredibly well against him defense incredibly well in front of him defense i mean to the point where you know they hit what he faced he faced six shots in 30 minutes i mean it's just a crazy ridiculous thing um and then lundquist faces 12 shots in the rest of the game while the rangers are trying to come from behind like that doesn't make any none of that makes any sense have you not watched the rangers since henrik lundquist has gotten to the court there's a couple things so first right. we said the same thing about cam talbot we say the same yeah. thing about anti ranta this hasn't changed now this is Sterkin is the goalie. They play a totally different style. It's got to be something psychological. The other difference yeah. is Shesterkin is a much better puck handler yeah. than Lundqvist is, so he's able to to get the team out of danger a little bit easier than Lundqvist does. But this has been a pattern since 2005. Uh, this is no different than that goes on every single time somebody else is between the pipes of the Rangers. They play better in front of other people. But they you, play differently. They lay him out on an island more yeah. frequently than they do anybody else. Is that you know what? They have he's, the Jake, he's the Jake DeGrom of goaltenders. I, I do want to say – You have to rub that in. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> I do want to say this, Eck. Yeah. Um, Lundqvist made a statement yesterday. Now, the goal you gave up, if you want to say, hey, it wasn't a great goal, fine. But also, the the, I, the Rangers let Devin Taves do whatever he wanted with the puck yeah. before he shot it. Yeah. Lundqvist played great. He played with a purpose. He did that on purpose. He wanted to make Quinn's decision hard. He knows Quinn's going to go to Shesterkin, but you know what? Lundqvist also knows he could still play. And yeah. the problem, Anthony and I talked about this offline. If the Rangers lose game one with Shesterkin and have to go to Lundqvist, Quinn's going to wish he didn't go that way and wish he'd have started Lundqvist to see what he had because he is the guy that's used to the playoffs. Yeah. Shesterkin's not used to the NHL playoffs. He's just new in the league. doesn't matter how he finished the season. Uh, yeah. so one thing I'll add in is that Lundqvist has actually played that way the entire training camp. He's supposedly been very, very good in training camp. And this is what I wrote. I wouldn't be shocked based on historical performance against Carolina and based on his record in the playoffs that if he does go with, with Lundqvist first. I, I, don't, I don't know if he will, but it wouldn't be shocking for me at all if Lundqvist is between the pipes Saturday at noon. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I think it's a little bit easier, I think, as well, that if you have Lundqvist in and you got to bring in Shesterkin Shish in a relief role, you know, sometimes with it, when you got a young player and they have to think about the situation coming yeah. in, they sometimes you, you, they might overthink it. Whereas if you're, you're up, you're up, and you're up for the next game and you're in, you just kind of go on. In, I think sometimes the younger players you just kind of go on instinct. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, and I'll tell you the other one, Nick. It's probably not a question yeah. you came up with. Go ahead. But the question would be: Would I play Brendan Smith in the playoffs? The answer would be no. 
I uh, how serious was how serious? I wouldn't play him. I disagree. I, I think he and Truba looked really good together yesterday. So I disagree. It's not going to last. Yeah, Russ, I expect nine. I expect nine hundred words from each of you arguing your points on the friend. They, they said Stall left the game early. Is it was it an injury or did oh, he? He blocked the shot. Precautionary okay. reason, supposedly he could have come back. Um, yeah. We'll see, but that's what they said when he, I think he blocked the game. shot in a bad place, Mike. Oh, well, there you go. Um, all right, last game of the night, Columbus. I mean Columbus. <laughs> the Canucks and the Jets. All right, um, I'm going to throw this question out as a combined question for both of them. Can either of these teams play if they have to play against a team that can play defense? Like that <laughs> this game. This game was a team. This game was a game between two teams that neither of which can play defense. Um, and they just they they just they just flat out did old old time Western hockey Western Canadian 1980s style hockey between these teams. I think Winnipeg has a better chance because I think Hullabuck is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Not that not that Markstrom's not a good goaltender. Yeah, Hullabuck is used to that for the entire season playing in front of a porous defense, and I think he can steal a series with the yeah. offense that Winnipeg has. That's a good. I'll, I'll like say this: Zach, maybe yeah. with the. Um, 49 other people that were let go by the Canucks. Maybe they let a few players go too. And that's why they didn't play well. Cause that was, that was really lousy yesterday. If they'd have, if they'd have let go 50, everybody would have gotten eight weeks of severance, but they instead got rid of 49. So they wouldn't have to pay any. And I thought that was lousy. So I'm glad the Canucks lost. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the other thing, um, you know, the, with the Canucks, um, Elias Pettersson had like an off off game for him, which was surprising to me. Um, do we expect him to be able to? St- we haven't seen him in, in, in the playoffs. Like, what is the what's going to be the level of Elias Pettersson? I think is a you know a potential super superstar. I think, uh, the, I think you, you, the problem is for Vancouver is that you have to worry about you know you know your opposition is going to go. You know the Wild are going to key in on him immediately from opening yeah. up. They're going to they, they, the, everything's going to be game plan to stop him. It, it's Vancouver's got to find ways of getting advantageous matchups here. And he's got, and again, you just don't know. Again, this is the first time he's going to be in a postseason environment in a short series. I just have my concerns about Vancouver uh, surviving here in the first round. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take a page from Joe. If Vancouver can't skate around Minnesota, they're in trouble because they can't win a physical battle. No, well, neither team hit in this game at all. They were like, no, there was there was no still a lot bigger. They take up more ice. But, and I think that, you know, I do think the Wild is not when I watched the Canucks play in this game, I'm like the Wild are not a good matchup for them. You can see that right away. This is this is a tough spot for them. A lot like play. Toronto it's a lot like Toronto Columbus. Yeah, I have my concerns. Yeah. Very similar concerns here. Yeah, and I can see that. And and you know, they have to I mean now the Jets, on the other hand, uh, and, and even though they won this game, I thought they actually won it more than they won it. Like it it, it looks like a closer game than it was to me. To me, the Jets showed signs that they are actually a lot better than maybe I thought they were. And um, are the Jets better than we thought? Are the Jets a legitimate threat? I think the Jets are a lot better up front. Um, I, I, they've got a tremendous forward group as far as yeah. I'm concerned. That's, that's a group that I think can beat anybody. Problem is that the fence is not great. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that, that's, that's been their shortcoming all season long is that they just don't, they don't defend very well and they don't have the defenseman that, that can really help it out. Uh, but yeah. I think that forward crew, if you let them, if you let them run wild on you, they're going to burn you because I mean, Wheeler, Wheeler is fantastic. Yeah. He can score with anybody that, I mean, that whole crew, you know, line a got help you if you get line a getting hot and, and, start and stuff on you. And they, they it's just tremendous amount of talent there. Shifley teach them forgetting guys all over the place. Yeah. I, we, I mean, they have three lines, like three, three legitimate, 
scoring line, lines that can really hurt you yeah. in, in a number of different ways. Yeah, they, they have like, and, they, we always say, you know, teams have like a first line, second line. Oh, what happened there? I'm sorry, first line, second line. Third. I feel like they have a first line and they have two second lines on this team. Mm -hmm. And um, when you and when you have a defense that's that's one third Buffalo Sabers rejects. <laughs> I mean, it, it, Bulio and, and Kulikov. I mean, that that's a that's a statement. Now, the one thing that they did do. You know they got Demello at the deadline from from Ottawa, and Demello has been pretty solid. Oh, yeah. He sh he shored up that right side with Pionk, but it's not like you have Bufflin there. So you really really not as good as you used to be. But they might be good enough to get through the play. They have Ooh, yeah. They do. And and, yeah. and the scary part is you shut if you shut down Shifley and and Connor and 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 that line, then you still have to face Ely and Line on the next line and Cody yeah. Eaton actually yeah. just stepped into the absolute best situation you could possibly step into coming to that squad. To oh, me, yeah. one of the most interesting moments in this game was the Brock Besser breakaway on Connor Hellebuck. And I didn't see it. Yeah, he gets – so he gets he gets a clear cut, like like center line in breakaway. Like, no, no – you know, all the time in the world to think about it is. And, and Brock Besser is obviously an incredibly talented player. And he looked like – when he looked where Hellebuck was stationed and how Hellebuck was positioned, he looked like he was shooting at, at a brick wall. Like, Besser had no idea what the hell to do. Like he got and he just didn't know where to go. He, you know, he should have hundred moves. And 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 Halibut looked like he was taking a warm up breakaway. You know, like yeah, there's, was, a, there's a lot. Of, man, he's big. He's, he's big, big and he has big pads. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just like they, you know, they really trying to trying to make a move in tight on Halibut, which is what Besser did, is the worst thing you can do. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you, know. you have to hope for traffic. With, with Halibut, the way you got to beat him is you got to hope for traffic. You got to get guys in front, try to deflect. And try to get a carom. Otherwise, if he sees you dead on, especially in this, especially in that small area of the ice, he's got he's got the. Oh advantage. yeah, and I th I think you have to watch Hellebuck in like the All Star game and see that his his issue is that he's so he's he plays that like Steve Mason type game where he's back in his net. He's so big he goes back. He can move move very little, very percentage driven type mm -hmm. goaltending. Um, the only thing about that is he's back in his net. So if you have sharp shooters, you do have corners. On him, um, you know, you got to really, you got to really take advantage. And the All Stars, the All Star game, that's he was taken apart by people like that. Um, but you know, you're talking about the best shooters in the NHL. So and no defense, and no, and defense. no defense, and no defense being played in front of. Both. No, but then, of course, but, you, know, you said he's used to it now, but playing in front of that, he game. is used to playing without defense for sure. But um, I thought this was really impressive, considering that they did this, like you're saying, like you said, Joe, like without like Wheeler, you know, Line A. And the and uh, and these guys being a real big factor in this game, like Shifley, Wheeler, and Line A, they were a factor, but they didn't need them. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the whole thing. Like it, you can shut one line down, but you're gonna have a couple others that that you got to contend with to try to score. Yeah. No, for sure. It's tough. It's way different than other teams where if they've got they've got like maybe a line and a half. Like if you can shut down that one line, well, they, you can probably stop that other guy. You're right. You're right. Uh, some real interesting games today, guys. Um, obviously. Uh, we got the Predators and the Stars that in, in like two hours from now. Um, that I think is a huge game for Nashville to actually like to show that they're that they're okay because we need to see that you know I think the Stars will probably go through the paces in that game a little bit more. I, I expect the Predators to come out hitting and come out pretty hard. Um, you know, obviously the Preds got to play right away, 
too. Then, then we have Boston and Columbus. I know, you know, Lee fans out there will be watching this to see what Columbus is all about for sure. Well, God knows they'll be getting uh, some great quotes from uh, from John Tortorella, who who said when asked what he what he was telling his players, he told the the media, "It's none of your damn business what I'm talking about with my players." Yeah, if, he, if he loses a playoff game, it'll be a thirty second Zoom call. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about this is this is the team that knocked Columbus out of the playoffs last year. So. Yes. There's a, there's a hatred here between you know I mean after the after the big win they didn't really show up for the Boston series as much as they could have. Um, the big question is is Nashville going to score more than two goals? That's the big question, you're right. Um, and and, <laughs> and then finally, you know, we'll get a chance to see Arizona. You didn't give the answer. What's the answer? I don't know. I mean, like I, I agree with you. That's the big question. We we do okay. the answer after we do the answer after the games. Okay, that'll be that'll be in tomorrow's show. <laughs> And who will be the goalie for the Predators, which will be another fascinating That's another question. You're right. The real tall guy or the real short guy? And I really want to see what Arizona is all about right now after everything that's gone down. Oh, yeah, down. that's that's a good temperature test. For they're a dark, honestly, I think for me, the Coyotes, and I've said this, I, they're a dark horse for me. Yeah. They're a dark yeah. horse for me. I think there's going to be I, – I, I like them in this series against against Nashville in the first place, matchup-wise. Yeah. yeah, I do too. And I think if they get rolling, uh, especially if Kemper is on his game – I think there's a chance they might be one of those surprise teams who maybe goes a more than a couple rounds. Yeah, I mean and they also benefit from not being home, so they don't have to deal with all the other media. Yeah, they're, they're, they're used to a quiet. Yeah, they're used to a quiet rank. And every and time Vegas, he scores, yeah, yeah. Michael posts a hot dog meme because he just can't help himself. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say if the if the Coyotes get eliminated early, you're gonna where, where you're gonna see Phil Kessel walking around Salem Field in Buffalo because it's named after a hot dog company. So I just want Phil Kessel someday to make the Hall of Fame so we can send Mike there and yeah, make him yeah, sit yeah. through the entire induction ceremony. For <laughs> <laughs> those of you keeping track, two two Buffalo Slams, I'll one from Mike. Um, that's not too bad. Um, two Buffalo Slams. <laughs> you, one. you forgot something. Two shameless promotions from Russ. Russ. Killing me. It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, and then Vegas, of course, Vegas has a goaltending battle going on right no, now. They don't. No, 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 they they don't. they're saying. I'm saying according to what they're saying, and I say, oh, okay. I say that sarcastically. Well, whoever's saying saying that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because they don't. No, they've said it. They've come out and said they they, don't know they're, what they're talking about. Vegas is saying that they're not naming their goalie until they see what happens here. So no, 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 no. They named it. They named it yesterday late. They named oh, did it they change their mind? All right. They said Corey is the goalie, yes. A couple days ago, they were like, we don't know. I know. Yesterday, they finally decided to, to do it. Well, there's absolutely nothing to watch for night for Vegas in that game. <laughs> it's all about Arizona and how, if Arizona can do anything. So if you're up late, you know, Arizona, I see what you're saying, Anthony, but I'm like thinking that they're either a, they're either like bust or, 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 or awesome. Like, I don't think there's any middle of the ground. Like, I think Arizona wins this, win, beats Nashville and then wins a series or they just get trounced by Nashville. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure which way this plays out, but I can see Arizona going either way. But I, I think that, I mean, they're going to have to get hot to do that. And I think for Vegas, the question is, when is Max Pacioretty showing up? Yeah, right. And yeah, he stayed behind right now, so that's a yeah. big question. Will Pacioretty go nuts on Columbus today? He might. I mean, he's playing in that game, and he's, there's a lot of stuff that's been written about him. He's, that's the kind of thing I could see past the way Yeah, he I could see him be fueled for this. I could see him come out of that game and just like a, like a you know, on fire type thing and make yeah. his game right away. So that's something to watch. All right, guys. Thank you, Joe, so much. As always, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, tomorrow, we'll, I guess we'll have Kevin, perhaps. We're looking at Kevin tomorrow. Yes. And I think tomorrow, guys, we need to do a. Um, I think we need to revisit our our predictions. Um, 
based on sure. what we're doing. So I, what I thought we could do, and I'll talk about this later, is that maybe we can write our predictions down and, and we can, I'll have them all so we can like, not like go pre person by person, but like have it, you know, have, we'll do a quick thing for everything. All right, folks, remember without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.